What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. And I knew that if I wanted to change lives of future girls, I had to start with the moms because I was working with a lot of kids but behind the scenes in the corner, I would just hear all these terrible things that women were saying about themselves. You know, you look at your child, you see all this potential and this magic, and you're just like, oh, she's gonna grow up and be the best, and I want her to be the best, and I'm gonna live through her. Like, we see it all the time. But you don't see that potential in yourself, and you stop believing in your own magic, you know? And through having my daughters, I just felt like, we have to model that behavior because you can't speak it into existence for them. You have to show them that it's possible. You're their first role model. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJeso a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm hanging out with my dear friend, Maria. She is a dear friend of mine, and we were actually chatting this summer, and it was such a good conversation. We were like, you know, we really should be re-recording this. So we decided that it would be awesome just to bring her back to the show. She was on in a previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode too. So 
Maria Arinello is an award-winning artist that creates unique photography, specializing in goddess photography. She owns and operates a full-service studio in Cypress, Texas, where she provides styling assistance, hair and makeup, and high-quality fine art products. She is incredibly talented, and I am so, so excited just to bring her back and pick her brain and just have some girl chat and fun today. So without further ado, welcome, Maria. I love your show so much, Lisa, and I am so grateful that you invited me back because it's always just so fun to speak with you and pick your brain and always feel like I leave with inspiration and new tools as well. So I really love it. Thank you for having me. You're the sweetest. So tell us really who you are and what you are passionate about. So I am Maria Ariano, of course. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm a mom of two girls who challenge me every single day. And I am passionate about building women up and girls up. Having two daughters really put a lot of my life into perspective. And I just felt like there was so much pressure to not break them. (laughs) Like how we were broken, you know? Yes, yes. And, And through that, you know, discovering photography and utilizing photography to build them up, having photos on the wall that they got to walk by every single day and see how that has built their self-esteem up really inspired me, made me passionate about bringing that photography, a new vision of yourself to other people. And I knew that if I wanted to change lives of future girls, I had to start with the moms because I was working with a lot of Mm. kids But behind the scenes in the corner, I would just hear all these terrible things that women were saying about themselves. You know, you look at your child, you see all this potential and this magic, and you're just like, oh, she's going to grow up and be the best. And I want her to be the best. And I'm going to live through her. Like we see it all the time, but you don't see that potential in yourself and you stop believing in your own magic, you know? And yes, through having my daughters, I just felt like We have to model that behavior because you can't speak it into existence for them. You have to show them that it's possible, you know? Yeah. You're their first role model. That's what I'm passionate about. (laughs) It's so true. And it's funny, like, when you think about it, like, society really does. And just everything that we're fed through media, through even social media and everything, it is, like, contraindicative to or just, like, opposite of actually building us up. Exactly. It's like if unless we fit into like a certain body type or a skin color or this or that, like you don't fit. And it's just such bullshit. It and is like bullshit. I, <laughs> right? Like I don't have a daughter, but like I have, personally, I have struggled with self-esteem issues. And I know that we have chatted mm-hmm. a little bit about that and overcoming, especially because we're both kind of dialing into TikTok, which is like definitely yes. a more honest and real and authentic version that you're putting of yourself on the internet. And it's so like, whew, like that <laughs> yeah, band-aid so feeling. <laughs> Holy, like I, like I thought I was vulnerable until I realized I wasn't. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? So it's yes. just been like such a process. So I want to dive in a little bit on this chat about over the summer because we talked a little bit about imposter syndrome and how we Mm -hmm. both thought that would be a really great topic because it's something that we both really struggle with. So what advice would you have, Maria, about someone who is really struggling to show up authentically as themselves in their own life, not just in their work, but in their life too? It's that deconstruction. It's that journey where we have to deconstruct ourselves and go back through 
our life story back yeah. all the way to when we were in childhood, right? And see what yeah. are the things that were often instilled in us? What were we told? And I know that when you and I had this conversation, it was for me, culturally, it was about being humble and having mm. humility. And to me, in a way, that was also kind of braggy because now you're bragging about being so humble. Like I know so many women, I'm Mexican. I was born in Mexico. My family is, and I do understand culturally this happens, you know, throughout, but I know for me particularly, I would see it and it was be like, I'm just so humble. I'm so humble. It doesn't quite translate like that in Spanish, but it was yeah. like, Anytime someone would speak about their children and just say something like, my son's going to med school, all the tias and stuff would be like, eh, did you see her bragging about her son? He's going to be a doctor. <laughs> like, yeah. It was so bad for me that when I had my firstborn daughter, I had a newborn and I was so excited and I would refuse to talk to people about my newborn baby because mm. I was so, I had so much guilt and shame and thought that, oh, if I talk to them about my newborn baby, then they're going to think I'm bragging. And that was like really difficult to deconstruct. And then coming into owning your own business, having to market for yourself and knowing that, you know, it doesn't matter how hard you work or how talented you are. Like no one's going to be, no one's even going to notice you or be inspired by you if they don't know your story. They don't know who you are. You have to become your biggest cheerleader. That's really hard for us to do because they're like... Everyone's going to think I'm so conceited if I go out there and I talk about the awards I won or the people that I've met or the things that I've done, you know, or then there's the other thing, like, do I really deserve this? Like, everyone's going to find out that I'm faking it. The whole fake it till you make it thing, you know, that we hear about. There's so many anecdotes that I can think about in this conversation. To answer this question, a huge game changer for me was reading a book called Atomic Habits. It was by mm. John Cleary. So you have to check it out or you might have already yeah. read it because I know it's yeah. kind of made the rounds already. But he talks about acting like who you want to become until you become that person. And so if you feel at your core that you're an imposter, that you don't deserve these things, like know that you'll never become that person in reality until you start to believe it in your own mind. You are going to inform people, communicate to people, educate people on who you are, not based on your appearance, but based on how you believe who you are. You yeah. know, you have to first believe it in your mind in yeah. order for it to become a reality. And someone, when I was trying out for WWE, I wanted to be a wrestler. There was a young woman. I don't even know her name, but this woman changed my life with these words. She was like 25 years old, so super young. I was in my 20s too. And I had lost a lot of weight to try to get this audition. I was right there. And all the women on there were so beautiful. Like they were Playmate models. At that time, that's what they were hiring. A lot of like Playboy models. And she was a model that they hired based on her look. She was very pretty. And we were sitting at the section when everybody's eating lunch and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, you're so pretty. You're this, you're that. And immediately I start with the self-depreciating comments. You know, I'm not small enough. I'm not pretty enough. You know, they're all blonde bombshells and I'm this short Mexican girl, <laughs> you know, comparing myself to them and just thinking like, I don't deserve to be here. I don't belong here. And I was speaking this into existence mm. in front of someone that was where I wanted to be. She literally looked at me in my face and was like, when I walked into this room and I saw you, all I saw was a beautiful girl. That's what I saw. You have sat here and you've pointed out all of these things that are wrong with you. The whole world is always going to be against you. Do not point out to them those negative things about yourself. 
Mm, wow. Point out to them that like yeah. positive things, you know, because yeah. if they never saw it, they're going to see it because you put that into them. It's so true. Yeah. I was like, life changing. She, yeah. She's so like, I was like, well, I wish I remember her name. I wish I could find her because she's so wise. And now that I'm yeah. 41, I'm like, dude, 25 in such wise words. <sighs> Seriously, I know. If we could go back to like, like it's so funny because there was this little trend on TikTok that was like the teenage dirtbag thing where you pulled mm-hmm, out pictures mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from like when you were young in your teenage years. And I was like, girl, I was so mean to myself. Yes, I was so yes. mean. And I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was pretty. I had no idea. And like, it just, it just, it just blows your mind at that your biggest critic is often yourself. And that is what you need to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. Right? We Those are our, our limiting beliefs that, yep. you know, we've talked about. And yep. again, it just goes back to the core of it, of, of feeling like it's guilt and shame. And for yeah. a long time, like I didn't make it to TV, to WWE. And I, for a long time, I didn't understand how that was possible when there were so many people that some of them considered legends in that industry that would tell me that I deserved to be there, that I was talented at the time, people weren't as athletic as they are now. So it was one of the first yeah. females that was doing the things that guys were doing in the ring. Yeah. And just not believing that I deserved it or thinking that, oh, hard work is going to get me there. Someone's going to notice that I am talented and that I'm working so hard and they're going to give me that opportunity. When the reality is that I should have taken it. I should have demanded it and I should have said mm-hmm. I deserve this. Yeah. And I never felt that way. And that's my biggest regret. It's not that other people didn't give me an opportunity. It's not that... I didn't have those opportunities presented to me because I literally did. The opportunities are yeah. right there for me to take them. And it was my own yeah. lack of self-esteem and guilt and shame that kept me from stepping into it. Yeah. So that would be like, you know, it's funny because you, you say regret, but also that probably is one of the biggest lessons of your life yes, for, to absolutely. not, to to like, to step up to the plate and like swing for the- to swing, yep. For, for the bleachers. I don't play baseball, so maybe that was a bad analogy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like the least sportsy girl on the planet. <laughs> I like competitive shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was a sport because I Seriously. would be so there. Oh my gosh. I don't even like shopping like for myself, but oh, shopping for other people or for the studio. Girl, like don't yep. give me any amount of money because it will be gone in the blink of an eye. Okay. Not when it's for that. me, but when it's for anybody else, like yes, it's gone. Yep. Don't budget what? <laughs> so I want to circle back a little bit to talk about a humility and how that holds us back from showing up and sharing our wins and playing small. Because honestly, I have had some incredible experiences in my 13 years as an entrepreneur. And I and we talked about this before. I always mm-hmm. hold back on sharing them because it makes me seem like I might not be relatable. And I worry, no, you worry think that, that. sharing, <laughs> right? And I feel like I'm going to be like name droppy and sharing success yeah. stories seems braggy. And it's mm-hmm. really not how I want to be perceived. So what advice do you have for me on this? So I have two things about that. One, and I hate to make this episode about women, but I feel like you don't see it as much in men, right? Even in male photographers, we don't see it as much. We see guys that are CEOs that are considered super confident, et cetera. But women, oh no, she's a, can I say the B word? Well, she's a B for, (laughs) you know, she's a bitch because she's like this or she's assertive or whatever, but we don't see that with guys. So we're constantly being conditioned 
to not take up space and to mm. play small and be small and be the caregiver and the sweet person, all of this stuff. And a lot of times we're like just holding ourselves back because of the things that you just said. I don't want to be braggalicious. I don't want to be this. But we hear a guy and a CEO, he's going to come into an interview and he's going to tell you what his whole resume was, all of his wins, where he went to school, what accolades he got, if he was an award-winning or a championship basketball player in college, whatever, he's going to drop all of that. And in the meantime, us, why do you think you deserve to be here? Uh, Because I really care. Like, that's what we're expected to say, you know? And what I've come to realize, especially with communities, that the more passionate you are about truly about what you believe in, what your purpose is, the right people for you are going Mm -hmm. to find you. To not think and worry about how others are going to perceive you. Because here's the bottom line. And it was great. It was my come to Jesus moment. Someone's going to think you're stupid. Someone's going to think you look like an idiot and you're a moron. And you should not be wasting your time on TikTok. You don't know how many of my friends that I thought were my friends made fun of me for starting TikTok. Oh, you're going to go dance on that app, you know? And where I am now and where my business is and the passionate clients that I have now, like I would not change that. I just committed to looking dumb. I was like, just go out and look dumb and put that energy into the world and the right people are going to find you and they're going to fall in love with you because they're going to identify with you and you're going to inspire them. Mm. I would never have believed this. Like I just had a recent client that went took time out of her day to go and create these like cups, these um, tumblers for me, like burn them and everything. So she could give me a special gift because of how wonderful Mm. she felt in her experience. So not only did this woman pay me a lot of money, she then went out of her way to thank me for letting her spend money on, you know, and gave me another gift, you know? And you would think, well, if I hadn't put myself out there and been raw and talked about my failures and my successes, she never would have found me. I never would have found my people. And at the end of the day, as long as you bottle yourself up and try to put yourself in a bow and be something that you're not, Mm -hmm. you're never going to find your actual community, your actual cheerleaders and and your your soulmates, you know, your soulmate clients, your soulmate people, your soulmate friends. Yeah. It's so funny. I think it all comes back with like that fear of being vulnerable and of being exposed and it's just it's this innate fear of like getting kicked out of back in cool caveman days like the <laughs> cool group or the tribe or like yes and, yet, and it's like actually your brain is like this is life or death like you have to stay and conform otherwise you're going to get kicked yep. out and that's actually not where we are like <laughs> no for, it's not like for that. survival any longer it's more of like so, so, society survival but you're, i love that i love that so much because i think that's so true is that we really have to just dial into who we are, let ourselves be vulnerable, let ourselves be exposed, and the right people really will find us. And truth be told, if someone doesn't like you, why do you care what they exactly. think? Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Someone's going to think that you're awful anyway. That's what I had told myself. It's like, someone's yeah. going to hate me and they're going to dislike me. And that's fine if it means that I'm going to find the people that are going to love me and they're going to be mm. my people. And, you know, speaking of TikTok, like TikTok is so powerful. The algorithm is so niche. That like, I have found people that I'm like, how does this person have 4 million followers? And then you go and you read the comments, you're like, oh, that's why. Like, they're the exact same people. They see themselves in this person. And it could be like the type of person that you're like in shock because you're like, yeah, oh my God, this is not cool. (laughs) But it's like, it's like there's little legit cults building within the app because it's so niched down. That algorithm is so powerful. So like utilizing that 
for a positive yeah. thing and, and to create your community is, I mean, that is a tool that we should take advantage of before it changes and becomes Instagram. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So let's dive into that a little bit more because I know yeah. you've both really been playing on social media and having fun on TikTok and you have grown, I think you're over a hundred thousand. Is that true? Yeah, I'm at 114. Ooh. I've been there kind of for a while now yeah. because I haven't been super consistent with it. Um, yeah. I moved studios, et cetera. So, but I'm like, okay, I got to go back in and really build it up again. Yeah. So what's your, your tips on like growing your social media on TikTok? So it kind of depends on exactly what your goals are. I'm at a place right now that I don't really care so much about growing the numbers, but really nurturing that, that base mm. that's in there. Yeah. Building that community. A couple of things that I've noticed that have helped not just me, but when I look at other accounts and I see what the most successful ones are. One that I think is very powerful is, you know, having your community lingo, calling your followers mm. something. Like I call mine goddesses, right? Mm. I've seen other people call their followers the dolls or the army or something like yeah. that, where you have like your own language for the people within that community and you help them feel like they're part, like what you said, part of that tribe. It's like our own little secret language where we hang out and, and we have our own thoughts and feelings about things. So there's that. There's one of those. Another one would be to work on a series of stuff. Mm. People like to come back and follow a series. So if you start a series, let's say that's about, you know, newborn photography, you know, and it's newborn tips, then you you follow up with a series one, series two, but something that's consistent that people can tune in to your channel and they know what they're going to get. Like the worst thing that could happen is that if you go viral for something random that you don't want to go viral for, you know, I saw this uh, woman on there who was, she was doing hair before, but that's not really what she's trying to make her TikTok about, right? She used to be like a hairstylist, but she randomly did one video about hair. And all of a sudden she had so many <laughs> followers that wanted to see hair stuff. And she comes back and she's like, I'm sorry, that was my mistake. <laughs> I know that now. <laughs> If you're here because of the hair, I'm just going to let you know right now, there's not going to be any more hair stuff. Okay. Yeah. This is what I want to do. I was a hairstylist for 20 years, but this is what I actually want to do. So hang out with me if you want to learn this. Otherwise, it was nice seeing you. <laughs> but yeah, like creating a series of think that, things that you're passionate about. For me right now, one of them has been on plus size posing, plus yes. size style, because I feel like a lot of women are nervous about being photographed because of their weight. And so I utilize myself a lot. I, I tell my husband, man, finally, the one time being fat pays off. Like, yes, <laughs> because I can use my body as an example because there are people that are never going to believe it unless they can visualize it. So my series is all about, you know, plus size style and, and plus size posing, how to take photographs so that you feel good. And then the other thing that I'm thinking about starting here pretty soon is on just self-care. And and like mm. I said, you know, stop being the imposter. Start yeah. acting like you're already the person you want to be. So if you feel like yeah. you're an imposter, it's because you are not acting like the person you feel like you need to act like. So if you're yeah. a successful photographer, act like the successful photographer that you are. What yeah. What are the things that a successful photographer does? Does she sleep all day till one o'clock in the afternoon? Probably not. She probably gets up and checks her emails and responds to those emails. So then yeah. that's what you need to be doing. That's how you're going to yeah. stop feeling like an imposter when you start every single day doing those habits that you mm. believe are part of like the person you want to be. I love that. It's so, so true. It's uh, There is a a guy that I followed for years, his name's Jim Fortin. And I don't know if you've heard, heard of him. He's like the be you do have. And it's like, you have to be and embody that person yes. to do the oh, things, to have exactly. the things that accompany that life. So yes. it's like, you actually have to just become that person. 
Right. Yeah. That's it's exactly super- what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So now I have to go check him out. You'll, you'll love him. Honestly, you will love him. Let's talk a little bit about getting stuck for inspiration and maybe the danger of comparing your raw files to someone's finished work. So what advice do you have on that? Oh, one thing I would say is go shoot with your friends or if you can, either go to a workshop Mm. or a shootout or have like a little group thing because the best thing to do is actually see other people's raw files. It's insane. There's a lot of times that I've had like workshops and shootouts and some of the attendees come in and they're files are so much better than mine. And I love it because then they can be like, oh, oh, I I do have it. You know, it's like it clicks for them. And, you know, we're always constantly thinking, oh, it's that next action or that next editing tip that we need in order to have those images. Let me tell you, as an artist, as a creative person, you're never going to love, love, like be in love with your work completely. There's so many times that I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe I was teaching people at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so many times. But, you know, the bottom line is you just have to be ahead, like one step ahead of everybody else in your game. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. You know, it's so funny. I'm in the middle of like redoing my website. So I've just sent over like 300 images from the past five years. And I was like, I don't really want to go further back because that's not really so indicative of, of like the work I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it's so funny because I'm like, oh, man, I suck. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I suck. Suck. <laughs> right? It's, it's just a roller, roller coaster. coaster. <laughs> <Jinx>. <laughs> roller coaster of art. <laughs> One of the healthiest things that I did for myself when my self-esteem kind of tanked in the creative department because it's the whole like, I don't want to be inspired by other people. Even if you're looking at their stuff, you eventually start emulating them. It just kind of seeps into it. Like we see it, right? I, you know, you're a newborn photographer and you also do maternity. So I know that, and I do fine art. So I know when I see a fine art photographer and I can tell who they're replicating and they're all exactly the same. And I'm like, okay, I have to stop following all these photographers because even if you don't want to copy them, you suddenly just kind of seeps into your work. And so one of the healthiest things that I did was that for six months, I unfollowed a lot of the photographers that were inspiring me too much, where I felt like, oh, my work's kind of starting to look like theirs or something. It was the best thing I could do because then it brought me to focus more on my clients and my Mm. subjects as individuals and creating things for them. And then eventually the trend started where it was like, oh, well, where else can I get inspiration from other than photography and looking at things like music videos and movies and TV and reading books and going to the museum or driving around and taking pictures of locations because I thought they looked pretty. Like I've even shot where there was like a dumpster, the wall next to the dumpster was so pretty and they had like revolving doors. Like I went and did a whole photo shoot over there by the dumpster because it was so yeah. pretty. And I never would have done that <laughs> if I hadn't just turned off the noise. Because sometimes yeah. as much as it inspires us, it can also, you know, like you said, you start looking at your work and say, mine is not as good as theirs or it doesn't look like theirs. Yeah. And then that, that actually like pigeonholes you and keeps yeah. you from growing. I've, I've personally experienced, I find it almost paralyzing because I'll do yeah. a session and I will absolutely love my raws, but then I get stuck and I pull them into yeah. Photoshop and I go, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do with this. And it's almost <laughs> like there are like all these amazing artists that I love that I get stuck, like trying to think of like, what was their recipe? What was their recipe? What was their right. recipe that I forget to think of my own? Mm-hmm. And I just don't even know what to do. And then I'm like, ah, I close this. I'm going to go watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
right? So like that's my that's like and I don't know if it's a perfectionism thing or it is a perfectionism thing. It's like it just I I stop myself from even trying. It's that you built yourself right? up so much in your head and then you're like I didn't reach the potential that I thought. Like it, yeah. you know, it happens to me 100% of the time. The only reason I have to edit the photos is because I have deadlines. <laughs> but if I was just shooting for myself, I would never yes. touch those photos. That's the reality of it, at least for me. Yeah. If I didn't have clients, so many images would go unedited. Because in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to have this grandiose lighting and this incredible setup. And I'm going to do this. and I'm going to do that. And there's so many times, honestly, that I think my stuff is so cheap. And that it looks yeah. cheap because I see all these other photographers are investing thousands of dollars in props and dresses and headpieces. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to go to Amazon. I'm going to go to the thrift store. Like, I do not want to spend $700 yeah. on a maternity dress and I'm going to get bored after photographing twice, you right, know? And exactly. so then, Me too. Yes. Me too. And then like, like, compare, that, like <sighs> yes. And then I get frustrated because I'm like, now my work looks so cheap, but my clients don't think that. And no. so many people actually tell me like, your work is so pretty. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I would never describe your work yeah, as no, looking no, no. cheap. It looks but, like, like it looks like expensive. It looks like, but, like, the, like you, the detail and everything that you, like, it looks like you're spending like thousands and thousands of dollars on it. That See, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Because I'm not. You just need pep talks. We've figured yes, out. <laughs> okay. So if you are enjoying this episode, save it. Here is your pep talk. It doesn't matter. Just go. Just do it. I just think as creatives, we're never gonna be Mm-mm. 100% satisfied. It's just not possible. And that's why it works for people with ADHD. Like the yeah. only reason I'm still in this business is because I can't get bored. Yeah. The challenge just never stops. I mean, any other job that I've ever had after a year, after I learned it and I reached and I got awards in this career or whatever it was, I would get bored and have to quit because there was like nothing else for me, you know, but with photography, like it's impossible to know everything. It's impossible. I mean, from here, maybe I decided to, you know, enter competitions and then I want to win all the competitions, you know, like there's just always something for you to do. But I think shooting for yourself and, Mm. you know, who your clients are, your whatever your purpose is, that's what's going to be more fulfilling yeah. rather than trying to be better than everyone else. Because you know what that's saying? There's always someone younger and more talented than you. Like, yeah. that's for real. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time. 100%. So we can't, like, you just take yourself out of the competition. You're not in a competition. Take yourself out of it. Compete yeah. with yourself. Exactly. And maybe add one piece that, that breathes life into you, that excites you. So, Maybe start editing and don't think about the final image. Just see where yeah. it takes you. Put yeah. some music on and see where the image takes you. Yeah, I'm gonna try. You better that. call me next time you're stuck. I am. I am. <laughs> you're like, I don't know what to do with this. What would you do with this? And I'm like, that's yours is better. Yeah, I'd be like, just get started. Have some wine or a margarita. I love it. Go. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we all struggle a little bit talking about work and creating original work. And there's kind of this little pressure we place on ourselves Mm -hmm. that can feel a little bit overwhelming. So how do you combat that? I came to realize that there's no such thing as original work. Mm. And I was trying to figure out what book it was that one of my friends suggested. I went and read it and I couldn't really read it because ADHD, right? But (laughs) I ended up getting the Audible (laughs) and I skipped through pieces of it. I'm going to find out what it is so you can link it here. But I did find one part, one excerpt from this Audible that I ended up listening to (laughs) where she talks about like 
in the universe, we all have the same, We it's like the same stuff, the same inspiration. We're living in a certain time. We've seen like the same kings and queens, the same yeah. cultures, like everything's floating around and it's all floating around in the universe. And the universe is just waiting for you to reach out and grab it and execute it and bring it to light. Mm. Now, if you decide not to do that, guess what? It's just going to continue to try to find a place until somebody reaches out for it and creates it. Yeah. And what that means is that two or three people could actually come up with the same idea because yeah. it's out there floating, ready to go. And the worst thing that can happen is that you end up not doing it. And then you see somebody else that does it because yeah. that has happened to me where I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to do and it's going to happen. And then I'm like, oh, did, <gasps> did I tell somebody? How did they How did they find out that was my idea? And they're like, oh, wait, we I've not known this person. This person has come out of nowhere. Now, if I do it, they're going to think I got the idea from her. <laughs> tell me that hasn't happened to you. Oh yeah, and you know what? That book is fr- that is from the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Thank you. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> so good, so good, and so true. It's so true. Just like, just do it. Just get off your chair and do it. Yeah, because yeah. again, it's almost impossible to be original. But it might be original to you. It's original to you, something that you've never done, and yeah. I think that's where the originality comes from. Instead of trying to be original, it's just about creating. And I think once you start putting your essence into things, it does become original because no Mm -hmm. one can replicate you. Nobody can be you or see the world as you do. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times people get made fun of for like the stuff that they do. And next thing you know, it becomes a trend and then we're all doing it. Oh my gosh. I remember like in 2013 when the people started first starting putting pants on newborns, I was like, (laughs) oh my goodness, sweet baby Jesus, I am never putting pants on a newborn. And then (laughs) literally six months later, I was like, I love pants. I love pants so much. (laughs) My my team was like, oh gosh, Lisa. (laughs) It's so true. So funny. You know, it's like the fabric throwing, right? Like that mm-hmm. goes in, that goes through like trends too, right? Everything's a trend. It's so annoying. Everything is a trend. People started doing that and I'm like, oh my God, that is so cool. Now we all have to do it. So now everyone's yeah. original and throwing the fabric. And then then you see it on a Facebook post. Oh, it just looks like she farted. I know. Like, you know, that, I that, know. People are, that people start putting you down because of it. And you know what? If you listen to everyone, you're never going to do anything. Exactly. Just do what makes you feel good. If you want to throw the fabric, do throw the fabric. Like it doesn't matter. Sometimes art just doesn't have to have a rhyme or a reason. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. And I think that's like my thing is like, I'm like, okay, what's the story and why does this make sense? And I'm like, okay, Lisa, it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't (laughs) have to make sense. Just do it because you want to. That's it. The end. Yeah. Right. I mean, do babies hang out on top of the moon? How many new more photos have you? No. I know, right? (laughs) Or like holding tiny pumpkins. And they're just the sweetest little things. I love them so much. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about finding other ways to stretch your bravery muscles. So what do you do to keep moving and stretching out of your comfort zone? Oh, my gosh. So one one of those things is just having a client questionnaire is big because what I came to realize here recently actually is like your vision and their vision can be completely different. Mm-hmm. And being able to open and listen and be like, oh, oh, that's what you wanted. <laughs> but it's cool because it does stretch you. Like, how do I still make it yeah. myself where my skills are at that level that I could produce this work of art and still be me? You know, yeah. I had this great idea for this client 
and she she brought up that Persephone was her favorite goddess. And so I was like, oh, yeah, the duality of the, the you know, hell and light and, you know, fire, like everything yeah. is a, a duality. Right. So six months out of the year. Persephone would be like in spring and a garden and like the mother of nature. And then for six months out of the year, she was like the queen of hell. And so it was like, how do I do that? So I was really excited. And she hated the outfit I put her in because it was like I had a choker and she hated it. And so we ended up putting her like in this basic black dress that I thought was basic and just was like, "Mm, fine, I did it. But it was so funny because she was like so excited about the final images and like getting to where she wanted them. And I was just like, really? And it was so not what I had envisioned, you know? But it did stretch me out. It it challenged me because I was like, okay. And then it was like, oh, I do like it better. The way, you know, the way she said, because it was authentically her. It was like really pushing her where she wanted to go. So that was fun. Stretching out your muscles. Gosh, it's always, I think that you just have to get up and do it and push yourself out of your comfort zone. I think the more you do it, that's how you get stronger at something. I I consider that like the creativity, you know, it's like, it's really hard when you first start and it's going to be crappy. And exactly like I said before, fail, fail fast so that you can learn faster. Because Mm -hmm. as long as we're like tentative and not taking the steps towards what we want to do, it's just going to take us longer to get there. I see it like in everything. I see it in people not wanting to invest in their business because they don't want to waste money and then I'm like, well, you're either going to waste time or you're going to waste money. What is yeah. more valuable to you at the end of the day? And it's the same thing with with that, like being fearful of not being good enough or being fearful of other people judging your work because it's crappy or it's not creative or whatever you're thinking. That's constantly going to keep you in one space. The worst thing that can happen is that you get stuck and never move forward. Like, it's fine if you move back. It's fine if you fail because that's how you're going to get better and stronger. Like, that's what happens when you exercise, right? We break down these muscles and then you start to, your body repairs itself and builds you so that you're stronger and you have a stronger foundation. That's how you become an athlete. But at the beginning, it's going to hurt. You're going to be really sore. And I think it's the same thing with creativity and anything else that we do is that the more we do it, the better we're going to get at it. Mm. And that's, again become that person you want to be. And that's not going to happen if you don't just go out and do it and stretch it. And one thing, one cool exercise, because I'm all about teaching and stuff like that, is that just brainstorm a bunch of ideas, like not ideas, but like prompts, right? You can get your friends and family to to do this with you. I actually played with my kids. I started teaching them an improv game, which I don't know if you've ever, I was a theater kid, but improv is basically you have a scene and then somebody could be like, freeze. And then they jump in and start a whole new scene. Yeah. So, and so we'll start, we could do that or we could do improvs where you put little words and stuff into a jar and then you dig it out and then you create something with it, like a scene. Mm -hmm. We could do that with your photography, get your friends and family to write a bunch of concepts down or ideas or things. It could be something like Greece, Rome, you know, princess, whatever. And pull it out of a hat and then say, hey, this month, this is my challenge. Create something with this. I think that that is a good way to just have like a little seedling to start off of, you know? And it can even be something else. It could be colors. It could be um, music. You put a song on and you say, okay, where's this song? How does this song inspire me to create some imagery? What would that be? Mm, I love that. Collaging. It's, yeah. It's like all let yourself things. play. Yeah. Like let yourself stop taking yourself so seriously and let yourself play is like the message I'm really yes. hitting my heart. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And yeah. also that it doesn't have to be just with photography. It could be with other creative things. Yeah. 
because it could be with you like collaging or painting or mm -hmm. drawing or singing, you know, yeah. or like me playing with my kids and doing improv games because yeah. looking at them and watching how they imagine the world and imagine these scenes gives me ideas for things that I want to do now. Yeah. You know, like, hey, you know. I love it. <laughs> love that. So, friend, are you ready for the lightning round? I think so. Okay. I think so. Last series you binge watch. I watched Devil in Ohio, and we stayed up Ooh. all night to watch it. And I hate it, loved it, both of those. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been so much better, but I still had to watch it till the end. I, I, I like I like anything that's horror related. Do and, you really? That's like yes. I'm like everything that is not horror. Like as long as, like I need to read like it's had a happy ending, that I will watch it. <laughs> I love paranormal creepy stuff. I'm obsessed with it. <gasps> Halloween's coming up. So just don't follow that's me like, if that's you like your do season. Not, that's my season. <laughs> do not follow me if you do not like horror or creepy things. Like just snooze me for 30 days because every day in October I do 30 days of Halloween and I post a new freaky, creepy <gasps> photo. I love and it. And usually it involves kids because I think yeah. creepy kids are the best. So yeah. So great. Oh my gosh, I yeah. love it. I love it. I am like literally my favorite thing is Hallmark movies. So <laughs> I can't. <laughs> We're a little different on that. Yeah, I love different. <laughs> I can't. That's my mom. Christmas, Hallmark movies for Christmas. Uh, I will watch them all year long. I have to check out. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. So does she. So yeah, does she. I, I love can't. Them so I much. can't. <laughs> yeah. So what is one thing you can't live without? Oh, one thing I kept my phone. I hate that. <laughs> I hate no. it. I hate it. I hate it. I know we had this conversation last time about putting the phone to bed. Yeah. And that lasted like a week. And then it's magically back in my hand. <laughs> I know. Like to the point where I actually almost bought a phone bed on Amazon where you like oh you actually God. put your – you like It's like this little – like almost like a Barbie bed where you put like uh -huh. it to bed and say goodnight to your phone and like plug it in. And it's like you can't get up. Like it's on – gone to bed oh okay i've I really almost need to do i've that. almost bought myself that <laughs> so what's kept you from pulling the trigger it's, it's scary uh, <laughs> the fact that my that my family would be like you are ridiculous why do you need a barbie bed <laughs> and my husband will be like why didn't you use a shoebox <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. because it's like our brain needs these like right yes it's like no it's time we're for just all children what is one interesting thing about you no one really knows I do feel like a huge imposter all the time. Absolutely. I feel like I feel like I want to be amazing and I feel like I'm not. <laughs> and it's very frustrating. So I, I feel exactly how everyone probably listening to this feels, you know, it's that that fear of like, I'm going to die one day, never reaching my true potential and knowing in my heart that I have that potential, you know. That sucks. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. <laughs> oh. Favorite guilty pleasure? Margaritas. Frozen. And I just found watermelon margaritas at this restaurant, and they put the watermelon in the margarita, and it kind of freezes it a little bit. So it's like, oh, it's just, Ooh. it's like a, extra, oh my God, it's so extra good. Extra delicious. Extra, mm. extra delicious. Yeah. Top three things on your bucket list? Top three things. I'm really excited to see my girls grow up because I'm trying to nurture that confidence and not telling them these weird things, right? There's that big thing. My five-year-old, I just love it. She just went to do karaoke 
jumped in front of stage, performed. She not only sang, she was dancing. And I'm not saying she's the best singer because she's not or the best dancer. (laughs) But the fact that she did not give two Fs about who was watching her. And it's like, I have never had that. In my life, I've never had that confidence. Like, she did not care. And then the teacher found out about it. So the next day, she made her sing in front of the whole class by herself at five years old. And she did it. Like, nothing. I just, I'm so excited to see that. To see someone being raised where it's like, you're nurturing that self-esteem. Like, you tell her she's pretty and she's like, I know. And it's so hard for me not to fight myself because I was raised, you have to be humble. You have to say thank you. And it takes everything in my power not to be like, say thank you. Because I'm like, no, you should know. You should, you should know just, you're beautiful. You should receive and you should it. Be like, yeah, you should you receive are. it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm excited to see the, the girls and see what happens with that. Next thing on my bucket list, I really want to start like a business school, something that's not mm. just for photographers, but have like commercial property where people, especially women, can come and learn to open their own businesses. Because I feel like we all have a purpose. We all have these gifts that we can share and monetize. And I think that that's fun. And I want to see other people. I just like, I love watching people reach their goals. That Mm. like really fills my cup. It makes me so happy. Yeah. So I want to be able to do that more. Third, (laughs) third thing on my bucket list is I want a reality TV show for photographers. Like, and I know I'm not the only photographer who's thought this, which is why we're talking about the ideas, right? We've all thought this, but I'm like, I know I'm entertaining. I know we could create some drama. You're so entertaining. We could create some good drama, you know? (laughs) You just have to have like a serious finale. We have a goal, but what is it? Is it competing at an award show? I'm like, what is it? Because you have to, you know? Toddlers and Tara, they were trying to compete for an award. Oh. Like this, you have to have a competition. I love it. Yeah. That's so, so funny. I do, I want to make that happen. I'm like, it's it. in my bucket list. We just Seriously, have to meet the right people. Contact Netflix. Just contact Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yes. I could be the bad guy. I don't care. I was a bad guy when I was wrestling all the time. <laughs> it was, I make a great villain. What is it? Like, am I the villain? Am I the drama? <laughs> I don't think I'm the drama. (laughs) Except I do think I'm the drama. (laughs) Own that. I love it. it. Own the drama. I love it. So what is your anthem? What gets you up when things are going tough? I think like I said before, it's my kids. It's the, I have to model that behavior for them. If I want them to have good self-esteem, if I want to, if I want them to reach their potential, they have to see me believing in myself. They Mm -hmm. have to see that I love myself, I believe in myself, and I'm successful. And there's no greater compliment than when my my daughter's just like my mom. You know, my mom's whatever. Like having her, she comes and she models at my workshops and stuff like that. So she sees me in these leadership roles. And, you know, in front of them, I try to use entrepreneur words. I I talk about, you know, business things and like credit and all kinds of stuff just because I was never exposed to any of that, none of that language, you know? And I think that that drives me. That's my anthem is like, I have to be the person that I want them to be, as opposed to me trying to raise them to become these amazing women. I have to be amazing. And that means like- Leading by example. Yes. That's that's my anthem is that I have to lead by example. And not just with my girls, but anybody that- comes into my world, if I am mentoring them, for instance, I want to be like, I never wanted to teach people business and stuff until I felt like 
I have something to share. You know, it's that I don't want to be an imposter. <laughs> right? <Yep>. That's constantly <laughs> right there. And then realizing, you know what? I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to be the most successful and I don't have to make the most money. But if I'm, you know, making a living, a good living, doing what I absolutely love, there's other people that want to learn that. And then I have something to teach them, you know? So. Absolutely. So I love to end my interviews with this last question. And it is, what are you currently curious about or artistically curious about? What am I artistically curious about? I'm interested to see what the AI stuff is going to evolve into now that they have, you know, you've seen Ooh, it, right? Yeah, like everyone's yeah. been doing it. On Discord, and, yeah, I've played with it yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I have not. I have not. But I'm interested to see what people do with that because I'm like, I think that the AI grabs images from other artists too. So I'm like, how is that going to change copyright mm-hmm. and all of that? So I'm very curious about it. I haven't had time time to play with it because I feel like it all kind of looks the same to me. Like I it can does all tell. Look the same. Yeah. So then I feel like, is it really, I mean, I know it's prompts and you have to have some skills with that, but I'm like, really, what part of that is really just you? I mean, a yeah. lot of it to me, it's just kind of like when you go to a photographer and you tell them, I want you to execute this at the end of yeah. the idea, it could be my idea, but they're still the artist. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm like, but I am curious to see how it changes and stuff like that. But to me, it's the AI is the artist. You're more like the the director, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I love that. Well, Maria, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always so fun. Well, my beautiful friends, thank you so much for joining in today. I know that you adored this conversation just as much as I did. And seriously, my beautiful friends, I am sending you so much of my light and love today and each and every single day. We'll see you next time.